Have you always wanted to be a star? Whether you want to be in the spotlight or behind the scenes, you'll get some great info from this show. It's the Angel and Harmony Show on Voice America Kids. Now, here's Angel and Harmony. Thanks and welcome to the Angel and Harmony Show on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Harmony Hagedorn. And I'm Angel Ramirez. And right now, all the way from Pepperdine University, we have Miss Yvonne. <laughs> yes, say hello. Hi. So, yes, we have my sister here today, but we're actually doing a Skype show. I think this is, is this our first Skype show right now? Yeah. Nice, Yvonne, you are an exclusive. Woohoo. Okay. Yay. So we're going to start off by doing our seven questions that we usually actually only get through like four of them. So we four will tops. Tr- Yeah, we'll try and get through all seven of them. So number one, which is worse, failing or never trying? Never trying. All the I way. I think never trying is worse as well. Well, I guess it depends on what it is. Because if it's like, so let's say like, your teacher gives you a test let's think small scale here if your teacher gives you a test right and they're like oh you don't have to take this test but if you do it goes into the grade book and it could potentially help your grade but then you fail the test and it takes on your entire grade and your life's over oh well i I think still in the in the short run you're correct never trying would be giving you the better grade but i mean Failing would be better in the sense of your actual learning because if you took that test and let's say it was in math, okay, whatever. So you're taking the test in math and you realize you don't know any of this. By failing that test, you would know exactly what like what knowledge you do have about the subject and how to further your learning. So in the long run, I mean, 30 years down the road, maybe you're going to study algebra because that test inspired you to learn more about algebra. You. Maybe. I hate algebra. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Okay. Here's where I, like, draw the line between failing or never trying. I personally hate, like, doing something and then being bad at it. Like, it... Mm, well, there's mm, also no, a like, severity that's, that's, to it. Like, like never trying right, to skydive or failing at skydiving in your parachute doesn't open. Like, that's... <laughs> that wouldn't be too like, swell. But so, then again, failing always gives you not only the experience, but, but like Yvonne said, the learning aspect of it. So. Okay, well, if you fail, then you die. And you definitely learn. Well, it, I guess it depends on what you're doing. For, but for the most part, we can all agree that never trying is, is worse than failing. Correct. Okay, when was the last time you listened to the sound of your own breathing? Uh, right now, that was question. a dumb question. Right now. <laughs> Don't yeah. ask that. I, did, I read it as I was reading it, and yeah, <laughs> it was bad. What's something you know you do differently than most people? Um, I sit differently than most people. <laughs> I, it's actually something I'm known for here, which I never thought I'd be known for sitting in strange positions. But, what do you mean? I mean, you come <laughs> into our shady. suite, because we have a suite, and you come into my suite, and I'm like, Doing the splits on the on a couch upside down while studying, I don't know. I find it comfortable to sit in strange positions. I mean, it gets your blood flowing in diff- who, like, who different places. Who sits normally, ew. <laughs> like, this is killing like, me right now. Like, who just sits just, up on the couch or something like that in a chair? Like, I have to be- Do you remember Trey, who would always sit like a frog in chairs? Like, he would sit, like, like oh, his yeah. feet would be on the chair and he would sit on his... It was weird. I don't know. But... That's pretty cool, I guess. I was more <laughs> thinking, like, I don't know. Um, what do you do differently than most people? I, do, I, do. I bake I, differently. Apparently. I was not thinking physical. Like, <laughs> I was thinking this, like, deep answer. Like, I don't know. I I think, I think differently. My, I think of I, myself. Well, I, I view life differently than a lot of people do here, anyway. 
Yeah, like I mean, how? I'm very goal-oriented, so I think of the bigger picture, and I think of, and a lot of people think of small steps, like how am I going to do this, how am I going to improve this task, but I just think completely big picture, so. Hmm. I try and view life as, like, uh, kind of like a mixture between take it how it goes and also, like you just said, like, I'm, I'm like, right in the middle because I like to have, like, plans, but I don't necessarily follow those, like, steps that I want to get to. Mm-hmm. And if I do, then I, I view those, like, smaller steps as, like, bigger, like, ideals and things like that. Mine so. is I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Except for me, you never give me the benefit of the doubt. I did it first. Like, whenever you say something or someone say something about you, I'm like, no, Angel would never say that. She's a good friend. Like, trust me. But then it turned out, like, Angel actually said it or something. Like, well, I don't know. Here's but, like, the thing between no, like, Harmony and I. It's it's different. Like, our relationship between everyone else. finish my sentence, please? Just saying. Okay, go on. I have to interrupt. Interrupt. <laughs> interrupt. In, 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 anyway, go on. Okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, wait, no. Hold on. Now I have to think about what I was saying. Bruh. Oh, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Like, if I know someone and I've known them for a while and someone, like, we're, we're not necessarily close anymore, we don't talk anymore, like, whether it's family, whether it's friends, like, but if someone says, like, oh, this person was talking trash about you, I'm like, no, that's probably not true. Like, you either, like, misconstrued it or something like, I'm never like, oh, yeah, they probably definitely said that. It sounds like them 100%. There's no way that, like... Like, I always think, like, someone is better than they actually usually are. And in the end, yeah. I'm, like, usually always disappointed. Mm, that's but pretty disappointing, yeah. Oh, well. Not too swell. That's I can see I, that, though. That's what I do. Forever. I think that happens all the time, actually. <laughs> way more than it probably should in my life. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> what does the American dream mean to you? It means that everyone's free. To me, the American dream is someone... That is like someone who fulfills the American dream is someone who really like takes everything like about being an American and what makes America so special. You're not only American and like fulfilling and you're like, it and you're like thankful for it. being in America, but you like you're like I don't know. It's like the perfect. You not only America, like America, rec- like all of like there's no poverty. Like you're a good person. Like you not you take other countries under consideration, even though America's the best in your vision, obviously. <laughs> well, I think that's a lot of like how Americans view ourselves. But I think the physical American dream, like when people say, "I've came, I come to America, I immigrated to America to achieve the American dream." The American dream is just being able to pursue. And to go as far as you want yourself to go. So if I wanted to be uh, a pro baseball player, then the American <laughs> no, the American dream would be to become that. And I think that it's possible in America because you have all these opportunities that are just laid out in front of you, and you also have a bunch of opportunities that you can't achieve unless you cannot achieve unless you go after them. So I mean, the American dream isn't just being like no poverty and nothing goes wrong because I mean everything's gonna go wrong at one point or another i think the american dream is striving for something and being able to reach it because you want to and because america provides you with all these opportunities and equality and freedom and bravery and courage to be able to do that i love america are you a negative nancy that's not negative that's like positive and negative (laughs) all right realistic yeah like realism my mom always calls me a pessimist and i'm like (laughs) 
I'm a realist, okay? I do not say like this know. is gonna turn out bad. I say this is this is the probability of it turning out good, and this is well, the probability of it turning out bad. Question: Is the cup half full, or ca- half empty? It's always full. There's air Correct, and okay, it's half it's air and oxygen. Half- yes, it's oxygen and water. I'm a it's realist. Not okay. Oxygen and water. I believe. So okay. No. Next question. All right. Would you rather be a worried genius or a joyful simpleton? Joyful simpleton. Worry- I would rather be a worried genius. If you're a genius, you would know. Like, sure, you would be worried, but you would know the probability of why you should be worried. And I I honestly, I love knowing things, to be quite to be quite honest. All right, let me just sound a little bit full of myself right now. I'd like to think of myself as being smarter than the average John. But <laughs> the average, well, the average 14-year-old. Okay, they but, don't... like, honestly, I, whenever you know a lot and you have experience and you're a genius in a certain field you know what is in the world and you can honestly see how terrible certain things are like granted there are really great things in this world like people are working on solving cures for things and like doing there are there's good but there's also a lot of bad and when you're a genius and you focus on these things and you want to learn more about them you're just like literally digging yourself into a pit of sorrow and terrible worldliness but if you're a joyful simpleton you're like you know what i don't really know what's going on over there and but i, I don't personally rather know i don't know if i want to know like i don't know i would rather live happy for the next 10 years than be really worried for the next 10 years like be but i don't think, up and think like wait can i say something i don't no. think in order to be a genius <laughs> you have to be i think no i agree with Har- what harmony's saying you if you are a genius you are gonna know what's going on in the world it's not talking about like a genius in the sense of just like oh yeah i'm smarter than the average joe it's talking oh, yeah, about I genius know. In the I sense, know. oh it's joe well no no John. let me let me say something but <laughs> i think although i respect both of what you're saying you guys are thinking about it very selfishly i personally if i, I would be completely so. selfish i would love to be a joyful simpleton because joy is different than happiness joy is something that's deeper than happiness is eating a piece of cake joy I, is having an ending cake for the rest of your life yes. it's just so I think that selfishly, I would love to be a joyful simpleton because God calls us to be joyful. But I think that personally, if I had to make a decision, I'd rather be a worried genius because a genius can provide, although I would be physically worried, as a genius, I could provide the population and the, and the people around me you know? with joy. No, right. it's not just right. having the knowledge. It's right. about so me you- being able to provide everyone else. If I'm a genius, I can provide light to people in Africa who don't have light. Right. I can provide a specific type of food that can give other people like more nutrition for people that don't have food every day. So although I would be burdened by all the knowledge I have, I'd be able to provide joy to others. Whether if I was a joyful simpleton, I'd only be helping myself. All right, well then I'll be selfish and have unending cake and you can help the other <laughs> people because it's asking what I want to do. I would and I know that I would be, be like the worried genius. I'd rather be You two a have genius. fun with that. We will. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right, let's actually take a break. I'm Angel Ramirez. I'm Harmony Hagedorn. I'm Yvonne Ramirez. <laughs> and this is the Angel Harmony Show on Voice American Kids Network. At 13, you are just starting to become a teenager and are ready to move on to the next phase of your years. The squeals and screams are replaced by slightly less squeals and screams and you're expected to act a little more grown up. Tune in to Life at 13 
for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you through ready for what's next. Life at 13, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to the Angel and Harmony Show on Voice America Kids, the show about the performing arts and more. Now, back to your host, Angel and Harmony. Thanks. Welcome to the Angel and Harmony Show on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Harmony Hagedorn. And I'm Angel Ramirez. I'm Yvonne Ramirez. <laughs> and right now, we're going to be finishing up our two questions. Um, and then just really quick before we get into the interview... Uh, if you could instill one piece of advice in a newborn newborn baby's mind, what advice would you give? Mm, that's a tough one. Yvonne, because it's answer it, this for us, please. The complexity of the answer is just too much for a baby. Even if you installed a piece of advice into a newborn baby's mind, it'd be hard to for them to comprehend what that all advice right, would all be. All right, let's not look at it logically. Let's just say if they actually could understand you and would listen to you, what advice would you want them to listen to most? Being selfless is better than being selfish. That's true. Mm. I had to think about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Mm. Yo, perfect, shouty. Yo, yo, perfect. That's my advice. That's dumb. That, would, that just confirms everyone's beliefs that this generation is narcissistic. Yeah. Oh, well. Oops. Wait, are you saying it's narcissistic to think of yourself as perfect? Yes. Or to have someone else tell you that you're perfect, it's narcissistic? No, I'm saying that if you truly believe that you yourself are 100% perfect, well, then you're I, narcissistic. I, just, I, think it, I told them that. Like, yeah, it'd be so. It wasn't it'd them be, thinking the that. It was just me telling them. That's not really that. advice, well, though. That's society telling you that you're perfect, though. You're not perfect. You're you're beautiful with all your faults, and that's what society should be telling us, as opposed to you're, you're 100% perfect. You're basically on the same level as God, because that's what perfection is. I think it'd be more accurate to tell someone it's okay to not be all right sometimes. Okay. And I think that ties into mental health, and I think that ties into a lot of other things that's wrong with society today. Hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> just <laughs> looking at <Okay>. it. <laughs> nice uh, that you think so. Angel doesn't. <laughs> I, no, I'm just – no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying – That's exactly what you're saying. No, okay. My advice would be – to not care what other people think because there's no there's no point. Drugs are Don't. bad. True. Like, I agree with that. That's my advice. Drugs are bad. Good. I agree with both those statements. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, what is the most desirable trait another person can possess? <laughs> Hold on. Either 
they got they gotta be smart or they gotta be funny. Humility. Or cute. No, they gotta be cute. Harmony, no, I don't you know. Make, <laughs> you're making teenagers and in general just sound horrible right now. I hope you really Well, that. in her defense, I'm a teenager too. Technically I'm only eighteen, so Yvonne's making him sound really good for me. And I'm the average. I'm <laughs> like, you know. Wait, I'm what def- do you want me to say about teenagers? Well, like, I know you have, like, Opinions. better thoughts than that. And, like, you just don't share them, and I'm not really sure why. What is the most desirable trait another person can possess? It doesn't mean, like, um... No, that's honestly... Like, someone that you're interested... Like, no, I, like what is I the relationship? Any person, any person, what is the most desirable trait? Desirable in the sense that it's the most attractive. Desirable in the sense that it's the best trait someone can have like as a friend as a person as, as a father, it like what's as a most i can what's agree most with attractive to you i can like, agree looking with at someone and thinking you know what this person's beautiful because of this i think humility because it's not because humility not physical, but... it's one of those traits that ties into so many other things if you're hum, if you're like humble in everything that you do then you're gonna be a kind-hearted person. You're gonna not be full of yourself all the time. I think it just ties into so many other things. No, honestly, I'm gonna have to disagree with that. Like, while I think that humility is attractive in a person, and why you look for that in a friend or um, in a parent, like humility is important mm-hmm. in those senses. But like, if you were with someone who was extremely humble all the time, and they were just good-hearted and all the way through pure well not pure of course but you know you know what i mean but what if you like mess up like whether it's something really small like you cheated on a math test or something really big like you killed someone like i don't know like you would always seem less than them you would always seem like compared to them you would not like i think there's an opposite effect when you're humble because when you're humble people automatically it's me like when like i see when a you're humble, humble person, you always I raise them worse. up you always look worse than the humble person so like whenever i think that's in society's view but honestly i don't I, if someone was only humble they wouldn't be my friend at all if they were always humble but they're also righteous you know that's that's a double negative and it cancels each other out so i think the most desirable trait to me is humility but i mean that of course would have to be accompanied and uh accented by other traits as well so I think mine would just be like humor. Humor is important. Humor is important too. Having a good too. sense of humor. Yeah, I think I like think it's expressing yourself. It's hysterical. Like it's just it makes people happy. It does. Happy. I could see that. So um, someone who makes you happy is someone who's really important to have in your life. Like someone who like makes you smile. Like if you don't have one of those in your life, then get one get a human (laughs) agreed buy one (laughs) so like yeah Uh, i would i would kind of well i think we can all agree that there's multiple traits that someone needs to have to be a desirable person in general and humility and humor are just one of them i think if you i think if you just have one then that's not exactly like the thing that you should strive for just one like no you should you should desire to have more than one i agree Okay, so let's get into the, into this interview. Um, kind of catch us up on your life because we had her on early August, I think, early August, late July, something like that. So yeah, kind of catch us up on your life, what's been going on, how's college, all that stuff. Well, uh, a lot has happened since since you've talked to me last, or since I've been on the show last. 
Um, I've moved out to Malibu, California. I am attending Pepperdine University. Just incredible school. Um, the people who are here are, I mean, they range, of course, from very materialistic people and to very deep, wonderful people. There's always something on campus going on. There's so many campus ministries. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot going on. I'm, I've changed my uh, course of academics to minoring in Arabic, and I'm still majoring in international studies with an emphasis on um, political science. So, yeah. Nice. Okay, so um, you mentioned your political science and Arabic and all that stuff. How does that tie into what you want to do with your life and like what is that what is what are your plans what what do you want to do um well I mean I have a broad idea of exactly what I want to do but I'm not very specific yet and I will be coming the next few years basically what I want to do is I want to take my international studies degree and go to law school with it and I either want to see that's where I vary I want to eventually end up in politics because I have just a passion for politics and foreign policy but I also have a passion for the criminal side of justice so I want to go to law school preferably Stanford Harvard Yale I mean Pepperdine Law School is also on my radar um, and I would go to law school to study either criminal law at a federal level and either work for CIA FBI as a federal prosecutor and uh, prosecuting cases such as human trafficking, sex trafficking, drug trafficking, um, anything along those lines. Or I'd go and study international law and hopefully get a job as an ambassador um, for the United States in an Arab country, preferably, and working for the United Nations. And from there, I would start my political career and come back to the United States. And mainly my my, um, greatest focus would be on foreign policy because I believe that that's such a huge issue not one of the only issues of course but a huge issue Mm -hmm. and um, I would start my political career there and eventually hopefully work towards a presidential office nice you know we actually I guess uh, by the time you guys are hearing this last week we interviewed someone who also wants to be the the president of the United States and I think that that would <laughs> he did, he never said that he wanted to be president. Yeah, he did. He said it like 12 times. No, he Harmony was didn't. not paying attention cuz he literally said the president. But I think that's interesting to see like what the comparisons or what like you guys would agree and disagree on i Honestly, think that'd be an interesting thing you guys all have such set plans for your future and not only like you guys know what you want to do but you're doing good for like people and yourselves and like i'm like i have no idea what i want to do like angel nick from last week you i'm like chill how you already <laughs> i have, think but i think that's you, okay that i think that's crazy to have good to have like a basic out. plan i mean I'm not saying I'm ever going to become president. Maybe I don't even, maybe I love criminal law so much once I get there that I'm not even going to do it. It's just, I think that you don't even need to know. Like my roommates, not both of them know exactly what they want. They have an idea and many people here don't even have a major yet. They're undeclared and they won't find out till their junior year. One of my RAs just switched her major and she's a junior. So, yeah, I I don't think it's, like... But I think it's crazy to, like, set your plan for life because there are going to be speed bumps and people that will stop you or maybe something else will spark your interest. So having it all planned is kind of like getting your hopes set up and then it's, like, LOL. I think if you're passionate about something, then you should pursue it. But, of course, things are going to change. But, I like, I've kind of always had this thought in my head 
of like certain things that I want to do and it's never really changed so I think that means that it's something that I really want to do and that won't really that won't really change and you know so yeah let's take a break I'm Angel Ramirez I'm Harmony Hagedorn I'm Yvonne Ramirez and this is the Angel and Harmony show on Voice America Kids and Kids Star Radio Network what's cooking join kid chef Eliana for cool kids cook Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? Tune in to What Up World? It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. Tune in to What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. At 14, you've become a teenager and are ready to move on to the next phase of your years. The squeals and screams are replaced by slightly less squeals and screams, and you're expected to act a little more grown up. Tune in to Life at 14 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you ready for what's next. Life at 14, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids, real talk radio. You're listening to the Angel and Harmony Show on Voice America Kids. The show about the performing arts and more. Now, back to your host, Angel and Harmony. Thanks. Welcome to the Angel and Harmony Show on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Harmony Hagedorn. And I'm Angel Ramirez. And I'm Yvonne Ramirez. And right now we're continuing our interview with Yvonne. So you just kind of told us, um, you know, like what you want to do with your life. How do you plan to achieve that? Like what are your specific steps? And yeah, just kind of take us through what what you're thinking of doing. Um, well, I don't have very specific set steps right now because I am just a freshman. So, I mean, there's a lot of general courses that I need to take and get out of the way that I'm never going to use again, but that they're general courses I need to take. Um, so I did start, I did apply to study abroad completely for the full year next year in London, London, England. And, um, that is home to the United Kingdom's parliamentary system, which is a very politically, it's a politically relevant city. And um, that would provide me with a lot of opportunities to travel places. And I'm going to be applying for a Washington, D.C. internship for the summer following my sophomore year. And hopefully, I mean, Pepperdine students in the past years, last year, a student got an internship as an aide to President Obama. So he worked in the White House 
he lived in the White House for that summer, and he talked and aided President Obama directly. I mean, they they legitimately knew each other, and President Obama knew him by name. That's too much. (laughs) That's pretty cool. That's That's an incredible opportunity. And I mean, of course, not everyone got to do that. He was an exceptional student, but there has been a lot of senatorial or ambassadorial or representative aid-like internships that many people and many people, Pepperdine students have done. So -hmm. that would be my ultimate goal to work somewhere along those lines. And I'm also thinking about applying to study abroad for a semester in Jordan or in somewhere in Egypt or possibly Israel, because um, as an Arabic minor, I'd be able to just communicate with them, and they're always, the Arab world and the Middle East is always going to be politically relevant, so. Yeah, speak some Arabic for us. Sabahir ismi Yvon min Medina, surprise Arizona, wa eskun fi Medina, Malibu. What'd you say? She said, said she used to live in Surprise, Arizona, but now she lives in Malibu. Um, almost. I said, hello, my name is Yvonne. I am from the city of Surprise, Arizona, but right now I live in Malibu. See. Wow. Nice. You can only tell that because it was English. In yeah, Surprise exactly. And Malibu. It was like a given. Um, so. I could say, Anul Khib Kahwa Wa La Ukhib Ashai. All right, that I means guess. I love coffee, but I don't like tea. You were, I was literally about to just say that. Don't I don't believe it. you're lying. <laughs> no, How do you I not swear. like tea, though? That's weird. You're weird. Tea's okay. <laughs> I love tea. It, there's like peppermint tea is so good. Mm. Warm peppermint Sun. tea in front of the fire. Sun. And there's snowing outside. <laughs> and I'm like, ah. It's snowing in Arizona. We Shh. wish. Or where we live, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um. Yeah, so I res- I like respect like your, so your career. Yeah. What the Arabic? Oh I'm yeah, so that was really cool. That. I I We're I'm actually learning different languages. This right, is so I'm helpful. Spanish. Say something in Spanish. Um. Uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh. <laughs> is that the Spanish? Or? No. Um. <laughs> I could try and say my. Okay, hold on. Do it. Say, do your presentation. Okay, we had to do a presentation, and we had to, like, okay, let's see if I remember Angel, it. just do it. Mi amo Angel uh, Ramirez. Soy de Mission Viejo, in California. Tengo 14 años. Mi cumpleaños es el uh, 3 de febrero de 2000. Uh, I can tell you what you said. Oh, uh, hold on. Mi... mi gu- me gustan las papas fritas y no it's me gustan for this one i remember because i had to ask her <laughs> me gustan papa, las papas fritas y mm, what else do i say i don't know uh, mayonnaise no uh me gusta escuchar musica y yeah um jugar el fútbol Europa football, no Americano football. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to specify. Football is just 
soccer. Well, yeah, but like. Football americano America. is football. I'm in America. I gotta specify. No me gusta mayonesa. Mayonesa es satanica. <laughs> I literally said that in my presentation, which means um, I don't like mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is Satan. <laughs> so. And I'm taking French, homie. Say something in French. <laughs> Pressure. Okay, okay, okay. Jamo Fall Harmony, como tapel tu, como. Comment allez-vous? Um, j'aime nager, j'aime chanter, je n'aime pas étudier, j'aime écouter la radio. There's a bunch of gems. J'aime that because I was saying what I liked. Oh, okay. That's I respect that. Respect. R-E-S-B-C-C. I was like, I like to swim. I like to sing. Oh, yeah. I, I said I like to listen I like to, to listen to music. I don't like to study. <laughs> they both derive from Latin, so it's... But they're different. Similar. Like, people are like, oh, they're so similar. And they're I'm like, similar, but they're no, different. They're, they're really not that. Okay, That's if like I saying knew, that if English I knew... and French were really similar. No, attempt, attempt an alphabet that doesn't even have the same letters and looks like squiggly lines, and then come talk to me. The Russian True. alphabet. No, the <laughs> Arabic. All right, getting back to the interview. Okay. Oh, right. So, this is kind of, or I guess we could cover your college experience. You, you kind of mentioned it, but what do you what do, you do in college? Because it's completely different than high school, I'm assuming. So, what has your college experience been so far? And, like, what do you do outside of school and, like, in your classes and things like that? Um, well, it is completely different. And it's a different experience because I'm actually, like, living on campus. Because I'm in the dorms. I'm in a triple room. So... I mean, I don't know, I'll go through my average day, I suppose. I wake up at like 7 o'clock, so I have 8 a.m. classes, get ready, I go to my 8 a.m. class, which is like a four-minute walk from where I live, um, go there, and it's a lecture style, so you're just sitting in a big classroom, teacher walks up to the front of the class and just starts talking, and you take notes on what he's talking about, and that's, that's the entire class, that's about two hours long, and then I get out of that class. Wait, and I wait, have- wait, wait. Can you eat food? No. Wait, what I mean, they don't stop you if you do, but technically, because it's in the specific auditorium, you're not supposed to eat food or drink water or anything oh, like that. Oh, or okay. you can only drink water. So it's the auditorium, not the... In normal college classes, like, do they care, like, if you... Um, no, not really. They don't care if you chew gum or eat, and you can leave at any time. You don't even need to go to class. I know 100% that when I'm in college, I will bring a bag of chips every day. <laughs> One if you can I know I have no bag of doubt chips. about <laughs> college is very difficult to afford. You underestimate you my money skills. Like for real, you... I don't think it's really money skills because it's everyone in college pretty much has money problems. I could live unless you're in you're like born $20. in a wealthy family, then it's kind of different. Which a lot of people. It also depends on it. Also depends on who you're rooming with and if you're close with them. Because if you're close with them, then you could have. I was talking about this with Lily the other day. You can have one person who cooks the meals and does the dishes. One person who does like all the cleaning of the bathrooms, cleaning um, of the kitchen. One person false. who buys all the food. But it depends on your relationship with the people yeah, and how much money not they make true because one first of all you don't have a kitchen if you live in the dorms it depends so, on what kind of dorms because if you're i know but they're the more RN, expensive and if you live in a more expensive dorm then you're not really gonna have a lot of money maybe you are born into wealth RN, but bro. that's besides point um back to my day <laughs> then i go to arabic for that's only an hour i mean we just speak in arabic the entire time and then i have like a four-hour break in between, which I go get lunch, I study, something like that, and then I go to class again 
and it's another lecture style class and then after class I mean I'm done for the day so a lot of the times I'll just head to the beach and um, I just <laughs> beach bum it or I mean I have work so I can go to work or I study or I mean I mean there's not a lot of things necessarily to do in Malibu that are cheap that you can do without money besides the beach so most of the days I just go to the beach but we have like a worship session or campus ministry basically every day so I'm always either at church or I'm at a youth group or I'm at a worship session I mean they pretty much have one every single night there's another one tonight that I'll be going to <laughs> nice yeah so that sounds pretty cool actually does your day go by faster than when you were in high school or like the same or do you just get more out of your day or or what um it depends because like on some days because you don't have the same class every single day Mm-hmm. So on some days I get done at 11 a.m. And so then those days it's like I have so much time. So usually I'll take a nap in the middle of the day and then I'll study and then I'll go to work. And then other Wait, days I'm not work? done. Yeah, what do you – tell us what you do. Um, well, I work at the Boys and Girls Club as a staff member. So I work at the Juan Cabrillo site, which means I work with kindergarten to fifth graders. And basically what we do at the Boys and Girls Club is we have a safe environment for kids to learn – and grow as individuals and have mentors mentors and so basically what I do is help I help them with their homework for about two hours an hour and then we have snack time and then we just play with the kids so I mean Sounds a lot of days I'm hula hooping playing football other days I'm making bracelets with the kids or drawing or just having a conversation with them it sounds like you're living the high life and I'm just here like school every day having like can't wait Gucci for... bags under my eyes you know like <laughs> like yeah I mean ha- starting your day at eight o'clock sounds like heaven to me okay it does. for real I would wake it, up at 7 45 is... every day <laughs> well it's really nice but I mean the homework course load is a lot heavier than it is yeah in, uh, I would assume so that so that for part every hour of class well. you have two hours of homework so for my Arabic <laughs> class that is every day. I have two to three hours of homework of that. Um, I have about three classes every day. My econ class, two hours long, so that's about four hours of homework. So, I mean, you have more homework than you are in class. That's the difference. In high school, you're in class, like, you have an eight-hour day, and then you have, like, three hours of homework, four hours of homework, maybe you even have six, but it's less homework than your days are long. My days, I have about four hours, like, school day, five hours, maybe, but... I have 12 hours plus of homework every night. So I'm up until 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning doing homework. That's a big that no, doesn't no sound like me fun. in my life, actually. <laughs> All right, well. I, in college, I would not stay up past 7, <laughs> Good luck with that, yeah. All right, let's take a break. I'm Angel Ramirez. And I'm Harmony Hagedorn. And I'm Yvonne Ramirez. And this is the Angel and Harmony Show on Voice America and Kidstar Radio Network. every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. 
Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to the Angel and Harmony Show on Voice America Kids, the show about the performing arts and more. Now, back to your host, Angel and Harmony. Thanks, and welcome to the Angel and Harmony Show on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Harmony Hagedorn. And I'm Angel Ramirez. And I'm Yvonne Ramirez. And right now, we are continuing our interview with Yvonne. Okay, so kind of catch us up and explain and kind of put in your own personal opinion on what has been going on with ISIS right now. Because we want to talk about this this current event that can like everyone can kind of relate to whether you live in Europe or whether you live in, you know, Serbia or Syria and then like America. So, yeah, just kind of explain. Okay, well, I mean, there's a lot of misconception about what ISIS actually is, so I'm going to clarify what it is for for your viewers or listeners. ISIS is actually the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. That's what it stands for. And um, President Obama refers to them as ISIL. And a lot of people, when he first said this in a speech when he was addressing what we would do about ISIS, a lot of people were like, wow, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. He keeps talking about ISIL, ISIL. Well, actually, ISIL and ISIS are the same exact thing. Part of their fraction calls it ISIL because it's the Islamic State of Iraq and Lebanon, or uh, Levant. But Syria and Levant are exactly the same thing, basically. So they're the same organization. And it's born from an especially brutal section of Al-Qaeda, and it's grown substantially from the years when it first started, because it started as, like, although Al-Qaeda is a terrorist group and they're super brutal, I mean... 9-11, 9-11, just take that. ISIS is and t- was too brutal for Al-Qaeda. So they took them out. That's and they created their own. So, I mean, that's saying something. Um, it has extremists all over. I mean, it's not... The majority of them are Sunnis. There's two type of um, Muslim faiths. There's the Al-Shai and there's the Sunni. And they just vary a little bit in how they... What their beliefs are. And neither of them are violent. That's something that's also miscon- a misconception about um, terrorist organizations, that they're all Muslim. Well, they're not really Muslim. They're just saying they are. So that way it gives them an excuse to act violently. So ISIS is mostly Sunnis. And uh, they basically are centered in Syria and Iraq. And it's become the target of U.S. military operations because they are beheading, torturing, kidnapping westerners and i mean it is just extremely violent what they're doing they're basically trying to take over iraq and syria and turn it into a completely muslim state which means that everyone who is a christian they go to their doors and paint an arabic n on their doors which is the symbol like 
in Western cultures, we use the cross to symbolize, like, I'm a Christian. You put a cross everywhere. Where yeah. in Arabic cultures, they mostly use the N, because it stands for Nazarene, which is the word for Christian in Arabic. And so they use the N on people's doors to represent that they're Christians, and they go back and take their children and behead their children while they're still feeling and nerves are still raw. They behead their children and put them on stakes. And they kill the parents, and they torture any Americans that they find and torture any Western Europeaners. And so, I mean, it's a large, large problem. It's not something that should be taken lightly. Yeah. And, um, no, not at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it should be taken lightly in any way, shape, or form, you know? So, on, like, a not necessarily random note, but before you had said that you wanted or you aspired to be president kind of thing, what would you do... If this happened during your presidency, like, what steps would you take to make sure it wouldn't happen again? Like, or do, or do you agree? Do you necessarily agree with how President Obama is um, handling, handling it? And what would you do differently if you don't? Well, I of course don't have all the information that President Obama has access to, so I don't know all the repercussions of what getting into a war with them or what sending troops over there would do. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think that ISIS is a direct threat to the United States at this point because they're ma- like majority. If you look at their actions, they're trying to purge Muslim states of any Christians, which is not necessarily a threat to the United States because they haven't gained any power. But I think that's the problem that most people don't realize that just because it isn't a problem to us now doesn't mean it won't be in the future. So I think President Obama is correct in trying to nip it in the bud, necessarily um, speaking. So, excuse me, he would have to go over there and he is sending troops and unmanned drones to perform airstrikes, which I think is important. And I mean, it's such a tricky topic because you think that, how can people do this? And there's over a thousand Americans who have joined the fight in Syria for ISIS. So they've come from America, American bred and born, great families, Christian families even. Not that a Christian family would be less likely, but if you look at it statistically, they would. And they've gone from great families, great people, support groups, to going to beheading five-year-olds who have done nothing wrong. Newborn, newborn infants they're taking out onto the streets of, of Christian families and crushing their skulls with the boot. It's ridiculous. And so, I mean, there's not much you can do as a president and still get the people's glorification because there's a large part of the American population that's like, well, if it's not affecting us, I mean, don't meddle in other people's business. But where do you draw the line that just because this is happening to Arab people, it's less important than Hitler? Because Hitler was just affecting the Europeans, so all of a sudden that was super important to us. Do you think that... Oh, sorry, continue. I was just going to say where ISIS is basically doing the same exact thing. They're taking control of Iraq and Syria, and they're taking – it's genocide. They're marking people for just beliefs and their faith and and slaughtering them in brutal ways. And just because this isn't happening to European countries who we're really close with and who we identify with, not only because of the color of our skin but our cultures, Mm -hmm. that it's all of a sudden not of our problem. So – Man, everyone was gonna, do you think that this is okay not like in like a weird way but do you think that they'll talk about this in the future like I know now 
the Holocaust is still an extremely big discussion. Like nowadays, do you think this will continue on and develop into something larger that will be like looked, now looked everyone's at like, well, like that you they should have done this or they should have done that yeah. in the future? Like, do you think it'll grow into that? Or do you that think that this will be scenario? like the second Holocaust? Um, I don't ever think that anything will be as prominent in American culture as the Holocaust just because of that we do identify more with European cultures so we don't identify with Arab cultures so we're not going to be like oh well this is terrible you know of course it's going to be bad and I think we will look back on it and say we should have done this we should have done that but it's really going to depend on how ISIS develops so if Iraq Iraqi forces and their armed forces is able to not necessarily drive ISIS out, but drive them out, then yeah. I don't think it'll be very relevant in the future. But I mean, if ISIS is able to take over Iraq and Syria, which I don't foresee them doing, then it'll be extremely relevant. Well, if by any chance it, this does develop into something larger, do you think it'll be um, big enough and relevant enough to start a war over? Um... Yes, I do, but it's not a conventional war, because a conventional war, you'd be declaring war on a state. It'd be sort of like um, President Bush's war on terrorism. You can't really declare war on an ideal. It's like saying, I'm going to declare war on all evil people. <laughs> but it's, what you, it's, <laughs> where do you draw the line? Where do you define evil? So I mean, but I mean, it's, since if, it's a specific group, it's the ISIS group. Would you be able to declare war on it, even though it's not set to a specific country necessarily? Um, you would, but it, like I said, it's really difficult because I mean, okay, let's say you declare war on ISIS, you can, would never be able to kill all of their followers, and that's different because if you took over a state and you declared war on a state. Then, and by saying state, I mean nation in this sense. Right. You declared war on a state, then if you defeat, let's say, 51% of their forces, they will surrender, and then you can create a contract. The peep extremists, you kill 99% of their followers, there's still going to be that one person that gains more followers, and he'll just set up a different terrorist organization under a different name. Or he'll go into hiding for a few years and then set it up again. So there's no way to completely snuff out unless you kill every single person who has this ideal, which you will never be able to do. Hmm. Okay. Well, this has definitely been an insightful <laughs> show today. Thank you so much for joining us, Yvonne. Thank um, you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, <laughs> I'm Angel Ramirez. I'm Harmony Hagedorn. And I'm Yvonne Ramirez. And this has been the Angel and Harmony Show on Voice America Kids Network and Kids Star Radio. Kids Star, we empower kids. Thanks for tuning in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Please join us again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Now, go be a star. We'll see you next week. My name is Lindsay Marie from Bookworm and now from the Kidstar Album of the Month. Here's Mr. Saxophone Dave Farmer with Luke, I'm Your Father. Luke tells his buddy solo, riding on a tom-tom. Gonna check on a projectile, but he ran out of time.
Saxophone from the Kidstar album of the month. Check it out on our website, kidstar.org. 